You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin here today by calling in the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all of those people who have gone before us, those who lived well and died well and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral legacy to us. May we lean into that ancestry and listen. May we learn from those who hold the remembering so that we can go forward in a way that is not simply a new version of the old pattern, but in a way that innovates and heals and changes those things that must change, and in a way that draws forward with integrity and consistency those things that must be continuously cultivated for human beings to stay in right relationship with each other and the earth that they call home. So I call out to these ancestors to be with us here today, to hold us well and to help us, the living, do what must be done and to do it well for those who are coming. And as these ancestors gathered round, let us open our awareness out beyond the humans to all of the other living things that share this planet with us and reach out to those energies that are present here in the great web of life that have been here far longer than even the first human. We call out to these energies to help us to remember that which abides. Help us to remember to cultivate those qualities that do go with us when we die. We ask these energies, these ancient, ancient ones, to help us to remember those things that are important. To cultivate the deep meaning and depth of our soul in each life. And to do so in a way that inspires others to remember the same within themselves. And so as we call out to all of these helping spirits and all of their many forms and ask them to gather round, let us call ourselves from wherever we might be in this moment into our own minds and take a nice deep breath and move our awareness from our mind to our heart and then from our heart to our belly. And now that we have moved into our bodies, let's take a moment and reach down to touch the earth to give thanks for this day. Thanks for the beauty and the diversity, all of the challenges ahead that will help you to become the men and women that you were meant to be, and all of the challenges in the past that hopefully you will learn a way to finally unpack in such a way that all the gifts of your life can be opened to help to shape you and transform you into the blessing that you are meant to be. So we give gratitude to the earth and the wonder of her dreaming and the great generosity in that dream that allows us to change anything as long as we are still breathing and as we reach down into the earth let the gratitude pour out from our hearts into all the layers of the earth moving down through all the layers of the earth sending out love and gratitude as we go until we reach the very center of the earth and in the center of the earth let us tune in deeply to those powers that gain their strength through silence darkness stillness and peace These energies that are nothing yet, and yet they are at the root of everything that we know here on earth. So let us reach deeply into these earth energies and draw them up, drawing up into our life and our body and our day, drawing up the energies that refresh and renew and restore, the energies that nourish us, the deep wisdom that helps us understand how to be here in form in a good way. And as this energy rises up and into our bodies, let us be reminded to be in our bodies, to ground ourselves well, to know where we stand and what we stand for. And to allow these things that have deep meaning and purpose in our hearts to shape our sense of home, our sense of belonging, our sense of connection to others. 
And let us be sure always to challenge ourselves, not simply to connect to those who think like us and look like us and act like us, but to reach out to those who are other than we are and to open our hearts and our minds to be inspired, provoked and challenged so that we might grow into the men and the women we are really meant to be. And as we open our doors, set a place at our table from those who are different than we are, let us learn how to connect with those aspects of ourself that are different than we think they are, to come into right relationship with all aspects of ourself, right relationship with our environment around us, right relationship with others who also live in this world, and right relationship with the invisible world that is here with all of us at all times. And may we, in our efforts to understand relationship and interrelationship and connection and interdependence and all the many qualities of being here with other living things, let us have a moment where perhaps we slide into that sense for just a moment of the great web of life as a great whole. And we see our place in that oneness and take our understanding of right relationship from that moment of blessing. And with the energy of the earth moving through us, let us draw it up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind to begin to draw the energy of the earth up as we rise out of the top of our head and into the sky, whatever weather it holds for us here today, up and out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos and all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you call that energy or whatever concept through which you understand it, reach into it and let it reach into you and begin to draw these energies down. Draw down the radiant energies from above and simply allow them in as the plants allow the energy of the sun in to bind it as energy that all the rest of the ecosystem uses to survive. Simply allow the energies from above to enter into you and to bring into your life, into your being, your very being, blessings. Let it bring in protection, commitment, and devotion, and open yourself up to the benevolence of this universe, drawing in inspiration and illumination and the beneficence, this the wonder and awe of it all, and draw it in. Let it inspire and guide. And as you draw that energy down from your head to your heart to your belly to the center of the earth, allow yourself as a human to open your center channel and become the place at which these two great energies, these two great legendary lovers come together within you, filling you with this big love, this relationship between earth and sky. And may that big love awaken the spirit of your own human heart and let your heart bring that crucible of transformation online. Draw up those energies that live deep in the lower chakras that carry your true passion for why you are here and draw that energy up in to this crucible and call down the crystal clarity in your mind that has the task to understand how do I do what I'm here to do in my time? And you draw that energy into the heart. Let these two energies dance together in a passionate, dynamic tango of a dance so that they can give birth through that interaction to that third and most sacred thing, some memory or understanding or awareness of why you are here. May you find courage in that very same human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring your gifts into true manifestation in the world. And we all give great gratitude to those larger energies around us that assist us in this and every day. May what needs to be said be said here today. What needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And speaking of wonderfully good living things, I'd like to give thanks to Kanisha and Megan, Despina, Mimi, Julie, Jason, Chelsea, Patricia, and all of the other listeners who've been able to donate financially to the show. Those of you who are able to donate financially, literally, keep the show free and um, available to people all over the world to be able to connect um, through the internet to the shows. The archives have now going up upwards towards 400 hours. It's a little absurd. But anyway, 400 hours almost in the archives of um, ideas about how we can practically apply shamanism to our everyday life so if this show moves you in any way if it moves you in the heart please do that most central of shamanic actions and allow what moves your heart to motivate your actions in the world and do something large or small to help the show to grow to stay relevant through your questions and to stay um, 
directly meaningful by sharing how it is that you use what you hear on the show in your life, in your, in your everyday life, and how that shamanic practice begins to inform the person that you are in the world. If you'd like to share these ideas with me, you can go to Christina at lastmaskcenter.org and share your questions or your ideas or your responses. You can also email me there if you don't want to donate on the internet and you want to send me a good old-fashioned check, just ask and I'd be happy to send you a good old-fashioned land address. So thank you everyone for all you do to help the show um, to stay alive and vital. So we are live today. And if you have any questions about today's topic, which is working with helping spirits in the age of entitlement, um, you can call in at 512-772-1938, or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site, or simply email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And lastmaskcenter.org is my other website, which allows you to find classes, etc., all of that type of information. And the whyshamanismnow.com site holds the archives of the show and information um, related, so related. Okay, so working with helping spirits in the age of entitlement. So direct communication with our helping spirits is one of the greatest gifts in this reintroduction of shamanism into contemporary life. And so so no matter how we want to talk about working with the forces of the invisible world, we simply prefer to do that communication with things that have faces. It's easier for us to talk to things that will talk back to us. And so we anthropomorphize everything. It makes it easier on us. And in shamanic practice, we cultivate our relationships with our helping spirits through altered states of awareness, um, disciplines that create and altered states of awareness that allow us to be in um, more of a communicative relationship with the beings that are otherwise um, invisible to most of us. And so we do this through um, the journey altered state. And through embodiment altered states. And these are the two primary um, deep states of shamanic work. And um, many of the other um, states that shamans work in are some sort of combination in between. But those are the main ways that we communicate with our helping spirits. Um, And yes, our helping spirits do communicate with us in our dreams, even when we don't know who our helping spirits are yet. And once we learn about their energy and cultivate a relationship with our helping spirits, our helping spirits can communicate with us in waking states as well. Just like they did when we were kids and we all had imaginary friends. Okay, so helping spirits. Why? Right? Because there's so many shows already in the archives um, at whyshamanismnow.com. There's actually a whole section of shows that you can um, search for in the... um, topics uh, drop-down box that is simply called working with helping spirits Um, because of course if we're not working with helping spirits it's not shamanism because that's what makes that's that's the defining characteristic of shamanism is that intentional engagement with energies that are other than human um, for the intention of um, setting things right in terms of what is good for all life um be that people or the environment or the people and the environment or whatever. Okay, so my goal today is not to recreate all of these old shows. This show and the several shows that will follow in the next bunch of weeks are meant to be a response to a growing trend in a particular kind of email question that I get from listeners. Okay, so the good news about these emails from listeners is that people are learning to journey, they are working with their helping spirits, and they are asking for help. And that is all good. So I say yay to all of that. Yay, yay, yay. This is excellent. The problem is, and I'm saying that in quotes, the problem is that your helping spirits are not behaving precisely like the websites say they should and you are panicking. My advice is stop reading those websites. I mean that. Seriously. Stop reading everything out there without discernment. You need experience with your helping spirits and journeying to be able to begin to discern. So stop reading everything, especially if you're just starting. Understand that you, none of us, no matter how experienced we are, we are not dealing with shamanism. If we are not constantly required to deal with uncertainty, to be creative, 
particularly in problem solving, and to get the crap scared out of us once in a while. That's working with shamanism. Shamanic practice should not be codified or dumbed down. And that's what pop whatever does is it codifies things and dumbs it down so everybody feels safe for for mass consumer consumption. Okay. So the other side of it is not only should you stop reading websites that make shamanism fit into nice tidy boxes, but practitioners, and I mean this good practitioners, need to stop writing about shamanism on your websites in a way that satisfies the media, that satisfies that person you hired to help you write your website, that satisfies search engines, and that satisfies pop psychology. Your clients will find you if you do good work. Stop putting shamanism into tidy little boxes with nice pretty bows to make shamanism seem normal so that you can get more clients. Stop bending over to the force, the supposed forces of advertising. Just do good work. Your clients will talk. They will send people to you and you will get the people that you need that will resonate with your work. But we all need to attend to our survival needs. At the same time, we have got to stop misinforming people about shamanism. Okay, so let's review helping spirits. This is the only quick run through the review part here. So helping spirits take many forms. Helping spirits can be animals. Today, normally referred to as power animals. They can be plants, fungi, some insects, some fish, mythical beasts and beings, ancestral helping spirits, cultural icons, deities, angels, elementals, and features of the local geography, mountains, lakes. There, there's a huge range of what are generally called spirits of the land, and they're very, very different from the most minute little sprite tending the peas you just planted in your garden to the gigantic apus of the mountain spirits in South America or any mountain spirits anywhere actually. So my point is there's a vast range of um, helping spirits and forms and the, the fact of the form itself does not mean it's going to take a different job in your life. There's no way to categorize things in that way, only simply the sense of these different types of helping spirits based on how they present themselves to us. So in general, helping spirits are protective and healing. And what's interesting to me is recently with my own students, I was so surprised because I was talking about the altars that were present in the space I was teaching in with them. They were asking me questions about them and they all had a one, uh, one or another kind of protective function. And they said, well, why are you going to the fire for protection? Why are you doing this for protection? Why are you doing that for protection? And I thought, wow, if my own students don't understand this, I'm really not doing a good job teaching what a shamanic understanding of protection is. Okay, so if we assume, which I realize is not a safe assumption, but if we assume you have healthy boundaries, you are grounded, you are in your body, you're capable of having good personal energy hygiene and good strong relationships of integrity with other beings, be they incarnate or otherwise, then protection isn't about defense. It isn't about shielding. It isn't about don't cord me. It isn't about the dramatic mess most people are in because they don't have grounding and they don't have boundaries. Protection is about I do not want to be distracted today from my own efforts of living my soul's purpose. That's what protection is about. It's about helping you to focus your energy and having your helping spirits out there running, um, um, you know, defend, basically uh, blocking for you so that you can grab that football and make that touchdown. I hate to use such a horribly American metaphor, but protection is about protecting your energy so that you can direct it towards what you intend to use it for versus having it scattered all over the place. Now, of course, for many of us, 
the person we need the most protection from is ourselves because we're doing things that are scattering our energy. But my point is helping spirits are protective. They're to help you get through the day in a good way so that your energy gets directed towards what you intend to do in the day and that you basically maintain health and well-being. That's what protection is from a shamanic sense. It's not some big, mighty battle between the forces of dark and light or your own inability to get out of your emotional drama. Anyway, I'm getting off point. Moving back on point now. So, in general, helping spirits are protective and they offer healing. Uh, They are also happy to teach us and to guide us in response to our questions. They can also respond to our intentions. And so it's important to remember that questions are really just an intention to receive an answer to this question, but intention journeys and working, for example, um, I'm going into this journey with the intention of receiving healing or rejuvenation or inspiration or something like that. Anyway, so our helping spirits help us because they take pity on us. And though um, it's important in that, that we are not pitiful. They take pity on us because our free will makes us powerful manifestation machines, but we rarely know how to work the machine. So most people have practically destroyed their life or their body as manifestation machines before they even wake up to the fact that that's what they are and they need to learn how to use it. So our helping spirits come to help us because our manifestation affects all life. And this is hard to reconcile at the end of our lives in our life review. To look back when we realize all the damage that we did. Um, So the helping spirits take pity on us so that we have a prayer in life of actually being able to review our life when we see it all come into perspective and all come into a kind of reconciliation and be able to say not bad. I used my gifts. I gained new gifts. I brought the uniqueness of that life to bear in the world in a good way. And I did the best I possibly could to support all life. To be able to review your life and say that with confidence. Our helping spirits want all of us to go that way. And I believe they also help us because we're funny. And at our best, we're actually kind of fun. We make up songs. We have prehensile thumbs. We do funny things that they can't do. But mostly, we um, make jokes. We laugh. We sing. We celebrate. These are things that the helping spirit world loves to participate with us, uh, participate with us in doing. Right. So the thing is, we have this potential because of our free will to innovate and be creative, to play practical jokes, to make up new songs, to offer blessings, to be the voice. Many of these helping spirits never get to hear the way we hear birdsong. So there we are. That the helping spirits are here because we have potential for greatness and living a life of legend that is not just spoken by our own descendants, but by the mountains and the trees, by the fish. That human did this, that our story is told because we've been a great human in that sense of having been motivated by our heart. So from a shamanic perspective, we all have this help. In fact, the fact that you grew up to be a grown-up now listening to this podcast is proof that you have that assistance. So the question is, are you working with them? So helping spirits are basically stable energy patterns. They're not um, here, manifest in physical form. Um, And they exist, if you will, in what we refer to in general as the invisible world, which is a world filled with gods and angels and imaginary friends and archetypes as well as ghosts and um, other problematic energies. But it's important to remember in this, we, you and me, right here, physical world, listening to podcasts, we are energy constructs. We are highly stable energy patterns in an energy world. In other words, you wake up each morning basically you. But we're not really any more real than our helping spirits. So that's one of the things about working with them is get over that. So your helping spirits are stable energy patterns as well. um, And that they take a meaningful form um, that already exists in our heads, which is why our helping spirits basically look like things around us. In other words, they dress in our symbolic language so that they can feel familiar to us so that we are more likely to actually accept the invitation to communicate with them. 
So true helping spirits are an extension of the source to us. They help us to live in harmony with the universe um, or not, depending on how we choose to work with our helping spirits. So the entire invisible world uh, from the source, which is vast, to the most simplistic helping spirit is an amoral world. Not immoral, but amoral. And so your helping spirits are not here to rescue you or teach you what is good or bad. They're here to help you learn from the choices that you make what is good or bad and to help you to rescue yourself. So we here, because we're in physical form, must, because of the physical form, deal with issues of morality and immorality, issues of ethics. Helping spirits are just about power. And power in and of itself is neither good nor bad. It is neither dark nor light. Power is simply power. So helping spirits are actually a relationship, a potential relationship with power. Helping spirits in and of themselves are not good or bad. They are simply a way that we can begin to conceptualize true power and to begin to work with it. So that's kind of a big, vast summary of all the other shows out there in the archives about helping spirits. Okay, so... Working with helping spirits in an age of entitlement. So what I'm noticing, especially as I'm teaching basic journeying, is how people's questions about crafting questions, about how do I work with my helping spirits, is changing. As um, time, the time spirits of our culture are changing and people's orientation in the world is changing. So I'm going to talk about three things here today relative to how we are in relationship with our helping spirits. And then after that, over the next bunch of weeks, I have some guests coming on um, the show to talk about different types of helping spirits. And within that, I also mean different types of beings that are happy to behave as helping spirits so that they can better communicate with us or we can better communicate with them. So the beauty of the journey altered state is it gives us as humans the ability to interact with um, either beings that do not have form or the energy essence or spirit essence of beings here with us like a tree or a mountain that does have form with us here in the middle world. Um, in the physical world, uh, but also has a spirit energy that we would like to engage with. Okay, so that's the kind of the value then of um, cultivating the ability to journey and to work with spirit, but also beginning to understand the distinction between um, a generally accepted helping spirit and other energies like a deity, for example, or an archetypal energy or even the Apus of Peru, the mountains themselves, who are not precisely helping spirits, but they are energies or entities willing to work with us as helping spirits through, through those means or modalities. Anyway, my point is we're going to talk a little more deeply about helping spirits over the next handful of weeks. Okay, so... In preparation for that, let's talk about how do you as a contemporary person cultivate right relationship. In other words, a good, satisfying, functional, effective, working relationship with your helping spirits. And there's a whole other show about this, but I obviously need to say this one more time. Working randomly with any old helping spirit that shows up is a lot like having sex randomly with any old person who happens to show up at whatever it is that you're doing tonight and tomorrow night and the next night and the next night. There's nothing wrong with that. It does not lend itself towards deep and intimate long-term relationships, which in terms of your sex life, you get to choose what you want to do. But in terms of working with helping spirits, deep, long-term, intimate relationships are actually very important because it's hard for us as humans to understand what the hell all these spirits are saying. And the longer we work with them, 
the more familiar we get with how they communicate, the more intimate we are able to open our hearts and more deeply understand the direct heart-to-heart communication versus making it go through our head or through language or through something more complex than just feeling and knowing deep in our hearts. That quality of relationship doesn't come randomly. It comes over time. And so it's important to work with a particular helping spirit or small group of helping spirits. And people that aren't doing shamanic work basically don't usually need a bunch of helping spirits. So the whole point isn't to talk to everybody. The point is to find out who's there to help you live your soul's purpose. Who is there to make sure that you really understand the fullness of your unique genius and that you are not limited the way you think you are in manifesting that in the world? Those are the helping spirits primarily that you want. Okay, so back on point today. Helping spirits in the age of entitlement. So first off, number one, your helping spirits cannot hear whining. And contemporary people are whiners. So here's the deal. Whining, complaining, gossiping, these are all ways that we sit on the fence. That you may be expressing an opinion, but it's just words. And it's the kind of words that tend to generate more words, not clear actions. Whining, complaining, um, tends to cycle, tends to generate more words, tends to go off and spin our awareness away from center. So the thing is, when you're whining about how life is so hard because you're so sensitive, but doing nothing to learn to be sensitive and safe in the world, or when you're whining about how awful Trump is, but not learning to clean up your own dubious power choices, right? This whining is actually a sign. But more to the point with helping spirits, when we are whining, we don't care enough to really do anything. We just want to whine. Our helping spirits have no reason to be present in what we don't really care about. So when you're whining, your helping spirits have no reason to show up. So my question to you is, why are you wasting your time engaging in things you don't really care about? So verbal shaming and attacking is kind of the next step from whining. Um, That shows your helping spirits that you are actually violent. If you're verbally shaming others or attacking, particularly on social media, you are showing your helping spirits that you are a violent person and that you need to be protected from yourself and you need to be protected and others need to be protected from you. So this is one of the quickest ways to make certain connecting with your helping spirits is even harder. So to make sure you are calling into your life the kind of spirit energies that you, so when you're doing this, you are calling in the kind of energies into your life that you will be hard pressed to get rid of when you wake up and realize the shaming, the attacking, the whining, the complaining, that all of these behaviors have surrounded you with the kind of energies that simply feed off that emotional behavior. And now you've made agreements with them and long-term relationship with them through your repeated behavior. And now it's really hard to get rid of them. Okay, so be aware that your actions, your words, and your emotional state all call energies into you. So when you're whining, that's usually all people intend to do. It's like when your Facebook post starts out with, I need to vent. I want to rant. I want to whine, right? It's interesting how no one says I need to whine. They just say, oh, I need to vent. No, whine. (laughs) So it's just whining and then whining some more. And then finding some friends who want to whine with you. And it is a waste of life force energy. And when you waste your life energy, you also waste the resources it takes to keep you alive. And when you waste the resources it takes to keep you alive, you disrespect the great web of life. So I know whining seems like this simple thing and it's totally normalized in contemporary life. 
I get it. And the younger you are, the more that's like the only way you know how to communicate with other people is through whining. But understand this. Whining is a waste of life energy, your life energy, because it's about something you don't really care about. You don't care enough to act. You're just going to whine. So you're wasting your life energy. And when you waste your life energy, you are then by definition wasting the precious resources you have consumed to keep yourself alive. And when you waste resources, the resources it takes to keep you alive, you disrespect the great web of life. So you have already put yourself in wrong relationship with your helping spirits by simply choosing to be lazy and whine. So on the other hand, sometimes when we're whining, we do so because we do care, but we're avoiding feeling the emotions of how deeply we care. Granted. Okay. So now that's something, however, you can take to your helping spirits. So a first question would be, why am I afraid to feel how much I care about fill in the blank, whatever it is you're whining about? You know, why am I afraid to feel what I really feel about this? Ask your helping spirits to help you understand that. Um, that will force you to think about what you're actually whining about. What, what is it that is real, deeper than the whining? What is the energetic exchange going on there that you're complaining about? And what must I do? This would be the next question after you've really thought about it and you come to understand um, why you're afraid to care about whatever this really is underneath what you're whining about. The next question would be, what must I do to free the emotions that want to move in response to whatever that deeper thing really is? And then once those emotions are flowing, because you've gone out and done something based on the answer to that question, so the emotions are beginning to flow, you can dance, you can make art, you can make sounds, you can paint, you know, whatever, that you're moving those emotions, whatever it is, then you can ask, what do these emotions show me that I truly care about? And what will I do to support what I care about in the world? So instead of whining, which does nothing. You can use what you're whining about to track into what you really care about and understand where to place your life energy in the world so that you actually are supporting or somehow engaging with those things that you do care about. And that's how you get a life that's filled with heart and meaning. You get a life that's filled with heart and meaning by stopping your whining. On the other hand... Okay, sometimes we're whining because we do care and we feel powerless. So the deep truth is, from a shamanic perspective, you are not powerless, ever, though we as humans often feel powerless. And this is precisely why we have helping spirits in our lives, to help us to transform the feelings of powerlessness into the path we need to take to step into our power. This is back to the whole point of helping spirits being a way that we can begin to engage with power and learn to use it well, fully and responsibly. And so when we engage that power and then take action in the world relative to this thing that we were whining about because we felt powerless about, we just simply need to recognize the whining is a sign and drop deeper in. Ask your helping spirits the questions. Why do I feel powerless about this? And if I do and why, then how do I transform my relationship with my power or my perception of my relationship with my power relative to this thing that obviously matters to me? So... The simple summary of that would be stop whining. Notice that you are. Hear that you are. Stop whining and drop down deeper and do the work with your helping spirits to understand what do you care about and what is your relationship with power in the world. These are the things your helping spirits want to engage with you in. They don't care about the things you don't care about. They're not going to come close if you're just whining. 
So the other thing your helping spirits do not care about is they do not care how many people are following you on Facebook. They do not care whether or not you even have a Twitter account nor any of the other things that you are investing your life force energy in that are false. Now, I'm not a Luddite. There are many beautiful things that our um, social media internet life allows us to do. And one of the things that is deeply problematic, well, two, it gives us another place to bully other people. But it also gives us another place to be false, to not show up with authenticity and in um, right relationship with our purpose and our power. And in particular, because we don't have to physically show up, it creates this illusion of this engaged life that really offers us no nourishing or sustaining energy. So it ultimately creates a great deal of stress to maintain the illusion, as all lies do. Maintaining false fronts and lies and illusions takes a great deal of energy that we don't get back because it's not a sustaining activity. That's the nature of it. And so it's no wonder that that much of this engagement in the internet, media, social media world causes great stress in our lives. I mean, I mean, everybody get ready. Raise your hands. How many of you get too many emails every day to just name a tiny piece of our lives that are uh, mediated by this technology? So your helping spirits are particularly baffled by the things that you do repeatedly every day on purpose that create great stress in your life and that have no real meaning they can discern. So <laughs> it's always best to not confuse your helping spirits through the things you commit your day to because what you commit your day to, what you do every day is your practice. And they're trying to support you in what you're choosing to do with your life. But boy, all of this false life that we're creating is really baffles them completely. They don't even know how to begin to engage with you when you when you engage in things that have no meaning. So the thing about your helping spirits is they will meet you anywhere. No matter how foolish you're being, no matter how toxic you're being, no matter how wretched you are, no matter how lost, frankly, no matter how suicidal, your helping spirits can still meet you there. Your helping spirits can show up where you are and they will. The important thing to remember is that it is your job to ask for their help sincerely from a place of connecting deeply in to your need, your need for their help. You know, your helping spirits are not like um, the liquor menu at a restaurant. You know, some are wine, some are beer, and others are fancy cocktails. And what do you feel like drinking tonight? You know, like that's not right relationship with your helping spirits. So like ordering off the cocktail menu doesn't count as asking for help. I mean, well, I guess it does in the most superficial of ways. That with helping spirits, asking for help begins with cultivating a relationship with the helping spirit in the first place, which means you got to hang out, you got to connect, you got to work with them, you got to listen to their answers and do your best to act on them. You got to be in relationship. And then when shit goes sideways, ask for their help. Why did I do this? What did I do? How did this happen? How do I get myself out of it? Right? So to ask for their help. The next thing is, is to engage in enough self-reflection. And the reason this is important because this whole manufacturing of your online persona is a quality of manufacturing, not reflection. And so to work with your helping spirits, you can't manufacture a false facade then expect your helping spirits to comment on that other than ask you, what the hell are you doing? Why are you wasting your energy? That the way to come to questions that allow you to dig in with your helping spirits is through the seemingly lost art of self-reflection. You need to be able to reflect on what are you feeling? What is What are the dynamics going on? How do I back out of all the assumptions that I'm making 
and try to get at the heart of the matter here. What's the root of the problem? What is the true source of my fear? That takes some ability to self-reflect. And the generations that are coming up um, are not being raised by adults who value self-reflection. So the children are completely lost around this. Self-reflection is critical to be able to craft the kinds of questions that allow you and your helping spirits to dig in. And finally, with your helping spirits, you need to accept their response and use it. And now granted, there is always the bugaboo of interpretation. And you do need to learn to interpret, which is another reason not to work with every old helping spirit that walks by willy-nilly, but to cultivate a long-term working relationship with your helping spirits because you begin to understand how they communicate with you. Because interpretation is a challenge. It always will be. It's the nature of any divination tool. And working with your helping spirits is divination and in one of its most nourishing and complex forms. But to, to, to... draw the energy through for good divination we need to receive the answers and act on them and what we're being trained right now by our relationship with information is that it's all just out there for us to cherry pick when we choose to but we don't need to do anything useful with it we don't need to follow up and see you know what's actually the source of this information um, how does it apply to us? How do I apply it to my life? How is it an answer to my question that that we're beginning to treat the information from our helping spirits as just more information? And I, and actually, this was something that struck me back in the late 80s. I'm old. It's a long time ago. But I stopped doing effectively psychic readings for people because they didn't do anything with the information. That, that Americans, now granted this was exclusively in America, but Americans don't know what to do with divinatory information. You go to Africa or somewhere else where people work with divination all the time in their life, you receive a divination and you use it. But here it's just treated as one more thing we can consume, one more thing we can buy, that we don't need to do anything with it. And that um, is like a relationship with a friend where they constantly come to come to you for advice you share your advice they don't use it they come back with the same problem and ask you for advice again as if you never had the original conversation with them over time that sours that friendship and it's the same thing with your helping spirits it 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 sours the relationship for you to keep asking for help you choose not to use I'm not saying that you should just do everything you think you're told by spirit. It has to be run by your own truth cord and your own mind to figure out, okay, what's the good way for me to do this? But the point is you need to use what you gained from that relationship to keep the energy cycling and healthy and flourishing and moving. Your helping spirits care about the cultivation of your soul, not your online persona. Not how many people are following you. They care about, is your soul engaged in your work in the world? And they care about your efforts to bring the beauty of your soul to bear on the world. That's the level of self-reflection needed to work with your helping spirits. And it's okay if you're not engaged with your soul and you're not bringing the beauty of your soul to bear on the world. Your helping spirits are happy to help you begin to do that. But the point is you need to be asking questions that are coming from that level of life. So they care about joy. They care about songs. They love to play. I mean, helping spirits are a lot like dolphins in that sense that they just want you to invent a new game. They want you to play and enjoy life and bring in the blessings and sing the songs and be this... um, powerful force for love and joy in the world that is a human heart in right relationship with why it is here and life around it so remember your helping spirits care about you but they also care about you bringing your gifts to the world you're actually not quite enough your helping spirits want you to do what establishes your profound well-being in the world which is to do what you've come here to do. So part of the point I'm trying to get at is your helping spirits 
and your relationship with shamanism is not an escape. I see far too many people drawn to shamanism because they're ever so sensitive, ever so empathic, ever so all of this stuff. They just want to dive into the embrace of their helping spirits and escape the world around them. And that is not shamanism. That doesn't mean there aren't times or moments or maybe a few months that someone might need to do that. But that is not a relationship with shamanism. And someone who's actually using their shamanic practice to do that needs to think very seriously about practicing the shamanic healing forms. Because if that's what you're doing with your relationship with your helping spirits is basically escaping the world, you're not ready to practice shamanism. Because shamanism is practical. It's about addressing the issues in our world present time. And if you're not willing to do that day by day in your own life, you're certainly not willing to take on the issues that creates in others. So, they are not here just to make you feel better about the world, to be a place that you can escape. They are here to help you learn the skills that you need to bring your gifts to the world. So if you are a highly sensitive person, your helping spirits are here to help, help you to understand what gifts, um, I'm sorry, what skills, what trainings, what do you need to cultivate so that you can be that highly sensitive person in this time you've chosen to incarnate. If you are an empath, great. Your helping spirits are here to help you understand how do you maintain your energy body hygiene, how do you deal with your own unresolved stuff so that you are able to bring that gift of being an empath into the world in this time you have chosen to incarnate. So they are here not for you simply to escape but to ask the questions you need to ask so that you can be healthy and well and safe and feel good about your gifts and how to bring them into the world. They're not here to make you feel better in the world. They are here to make you the medicine for this world. So use your helping spirits to answer your questions about how you learn to be yourself in the world as it is and then use your unique genius and the gifts you've brought into this world to help to change the world as it's longing to be. So the final thing that I wanted to talk about here today in terms of contemporary people trying to come into right relationship with your helping spirits is that your helping spirits see enormous dishonor in your entitlement, in the entitlement that you take for granted. Whether we're talking about the entitlement of the 1%, or male privilege, or white privilege, or I'm so old so I deserve your respect entitlement, or I'm so young I should get everything I want however I want it whenever I want it entitlement, oh, and the it should be for free entitlement. No matter what entitlement we're talking about, it doesn't really matter. Entitlement is entitlement, and it's an attitude that is not sexy. More important relative to your helping spirits Entitlement is precisely opposed to gratitude. Just try this. So work up an imaginary attitude of entitlement. And for some of you, that won't be as hard as you think, and that in and of itself should be a little bit scary. But anyway, work up this, this, this inner attitude of entitlement. So really step into it, and then try to also hold an attitude of gratitude. Sorry that rhymes, but it just does, right? Try to do both. They cancel each other out. You end up with zero, right, if you do them both. Gratitude is a choice. It is a stance that we choose to take, and then we begin to see the world around us from that stance. It is the essential first step into Aini or the reciprocal relationship, gratitude, reciprocity, um, we don't really have a good English word for Aini, but it's ultimately how we how we present ourselves in the world, the stance we choose to take, how we choose to use our choice, our focus, and our intent in the world that eventually puts us back into right relationship with life here on earth so that the energies can flow and reciprocity and gratitude begins to move in a way that nurtures and sustains the cycle of life. Okay, so... The important thing is then gratitude is a choice and it is critically important in shamanism because it is the fundamental choice 
that puts you in right relationship with everything else about a shamanic practice. So it is a stance that we choose to take. We don't wait for life to be worth being grateful for. It's a stance you choose to take regardless. And then we see the world from that stance. Entitlement is also a choice, very similarly. It's trained into people, so it's a choice that they're making, ultimately. And it's a stance that then shapes how we see the world. And they're very different. Complete, complete, a completely, create a completely different sense of the world. So choosing gratitude begins this cycle of engagement with life that results in Aini or the flow, reciprocity, gratitude, whatever we want to call that energy that allows you to engage with the real energies here in life. Because the truth is we don't actually deserve any of this. And yet it is here. Life, all of it, is a blessing. And if you have the luxury of choosing a a stance of entitlement then your life is a blessing. So act like it. Begin to act like your life is a blessing. Choose to stand in gratitude. See the world through those eyes. Your helping spirits cannot countermand the choices you make with your free will. They cannot rescue you from your choices. They are here to help you to gain better information, to see past your own limitations, to access energies or resources you were unaware of, even to face your fears. But the point is they're here for you to gain information you did not have so that ultimately you are able to make better quality choices. So where you choose entitlement, your helping spirits literally can't get to you because you've stepped out of cycling of the real energies into a human fantasy world and you have stepped out of the cycle where the real energy is and your helping spirits have a very hard time reaching you there so now I said before in the show your helping spirits can get to you anywhere and that is true the problem with entitlement is you perceive you're in a place that you are not so in other words I said your helping spirits will come if you are wretched and you are lost But the point is, you are wretched, you are lost. That's real, and your helping spirits will meet you there. When you're in entitlement, you are wretched and lost. You just don't know it. And so it's very hard for your helping spirits to meet you there because you're living in a false reality that exists only in your own mind. And through that attitude and your engagement with the world, you are reshaping the world as the manifestation machine that you are in a way that is destroying all life around you. Because entitlement is directly opposed to standing in gratitude, which is the state of being we stand in that allows us to be part of the nurturing and sustaining cycle of all life. We don't deserve any of this here, yet it is here. It is a miracle. Live as if you remember that. Your life is a miracle. Live as that miracle. Learn to be the answer to the prayer that called you into this world. The thing is, even your gifts, even your special gifts that draw you into shamanism don't make you special. You invested lifetimes, other lifetimes to gain those gifts. Not this one. You didn't earn those gifts in this lifetime. You didn't earn your great sensitivity or your powerful empathy or your ability to see clairvoyantly or your ability to talk to the plants. These gifts you came into this life with, you earned in other lives. You don't deserve anything special for them. None of it. So stop bragging in this awful new age way. We talk about our gifts as if we've been put upon Uh, They're put upon us with such a burden to carry these gifts in a time that doesn't understand us. Oh, woe is me. It's a way that we brag about how special we think we are. Your gifts speak to the nobility of your soul, of who you have been before you got here. Your gifts speak to that nobility of your soul. Your helping spirits are here to help you live up to that nobility. And they're here to help you use your relationship with them 
and the gifts that you come into this life with to be noble in this life and to gain the gifts that are here in this life for you to cultivate. And in doing that, you will bring your unique genius to this world. And that is why your helping spirits are here. They are here to help you bring those gifts to bear on the world and to be the medicine for your time. So with deep, deep gratitude, I give thanks for all of our helping spirits and the way they have gathered around us here today and been present in these proceedings. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the human hearts that unite us all. I want to let you know that the current mass of illusion is filled. We are taking a waiting list for a second mass of illusion this year. My year of the ceremony ceremony will be this Saturday, May 21st. You can still register. Um, The easiest way I know of is go to the homepage of lastmasscenter.org and just register through that link um, so that you're still uh, welcome to join me in that. And also just keep in mind uh, the fall. The fall classes are already posted here in Portland. It's a very small classroom space, so they fill up very quickly. But there's another actual energy clearing weekend in September, a basic journey in October, and another healing the ancestral lines, which is for practitioners and experienced journeyers. That's also happening in October. So thank you all for listening.